as we say, go Phils from Ann Arbor. Good night. Two on, one out. And Howard hits it in the air to left. This ball will carry out. Five to one, Philadelphia. Is hit well in the left. How about Glenn going deep? Unbelievable. You have to go back to 1974. Kenny Holtzman, the last pitcher to hit a home run. The one-two. Right down the middle, two out. Six strikeouts for Joe Blanton. Strikeout number seven for Joe Blanton. That is crunched into left field and gone. Trevor Miller. And that ball is absolutely hammered. Ten to two. Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and uh, I'm assuming Jim's going to be here, but who knows? Anyway, obviously, with a week plus one day to go before this presidential election is mercifully over... Uh, we're still going to be confronted with the usual nonsense that uh, continues to beleaguer the uh, John McCain campaign. The late-breaking story today, of course, was the conviction of the senior senator from Alaska, uh, Sarah Palin's home state, of Ted Stevens, on seven felony counts. Uh, this is... Uh, Yet another devastating blow to the Republican Party. Um, the issues aren't working. The personalities aren't working. The clothes aren't working. Well, remember a couple of years ago, uh, Jim Dwyer just joining a little late and out of breath. A couple of years ago, there was that film that uh, surprised everybody by uh, the song winning Best Song of the Year Oscar. It's hard out here for a pimp. That, yeah. that could be the Republican Party's uh, theme song this year. Well, they've made... It is another blow. Yeah, so many mistakes. Uh, I just think that also this wardrobe business that emerged last week is just yet another example of how out of touch uh, the Republican Party is. Well, and how falsely stagey, I mean, they are. I mean, it's a hypocrisy that's at play there, too. Where was Sarah Fain Palin saying thanks, but no thanks? Apparently she said thanks, but thanks. 
And now, of course, she's trying to distance herself from that controversy by uh, arguing that it's sexist and uh, even claiming that the whole clothes thing, speaking to a crowd uh, yesterday in Tampa, Palin said, quote, you know, I just try to ignore it because it's so ridiculous. Well, yes and no. Um, and I, apparently she's revealed uh, to the public on Fox News that her favorite consignment shop in uh, Anchorage, Alaska, is a store called Out of the Closet. <laughs> I'm sure this uh, sent uh, quivers and quakes out in Colorado to Family on the Focus, Focus on the Family and James Dobson. Um, McCain uh, claiming that Sarah Palin, quote, lives a frugal life. She and her family are not wealthy. She and her family were thrust into this. And there was some, and some third of that money is given back. The rest will be donated to charity, quote, unquote. Um, she, uh, Palin, of course, went on to, uh, one of her surrogates went on to, uh, who appeared with Palin yesterday in Tampa, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, who I'm unfamiliar with, but I think she might be on The View. I'm not, I'm not too sure what her claim to fame is. But she said, quote, instead of the issues, they are focused, fixated on her wardrobe. <laughs> now with everything going on in the world, seems a bit odd, but let me tell you, this is deliberately sexist. I know you know that, quote, unquote. <laughs> The double standard here, uh, Mrs. Palin said, gosh, we don't even want to waste our time, unquote. Well, yeah, one wonders how many Republicans you could uh, compel to engage in a, you know, reasonable uh, discourse on, say, the Equal Rights Amendment or Equal Pay for Women. Yeah, and I think... Let's that talk the, about discrimination. It's the excess of the, of the clothing and, of course, makeup, too. Um, I don't even know if any of all any or all of this are actually technically legal. Who knows? But one hundred and fifty thousand dollars is considerably more money than Joe the plumber makes. And of course, uh, we've heard a lot about Joe the plumber. Uh, now we've got uh, Sarah Palin the diva, <laughs> a McCain's uh, campaign worker. Apparently, the uh, over the weekend revealed that she's a bit of a diva. She doesn't listen to anybody. Enough said. Yeah, well, and then there's... Uh, but I hope she keeps the fur-lined panties and takes them back to Alaska. It will help her as she goes hunting for moose out in the frozen tundra. Well, interestingly, her appearance on uh, Saturday Night Live, which I don't watch, and people are raving about Tina Fey's depiction yeah. of her and mm -hmm. so forth, her caricature, yeah. to uh, reiterate that word that uh, Ms. Palin struggled so uh, desperately with. But uh, no, she's very competent now at, at uh, pronouncing the president of Iran's name. Akhmadinejad. <laughs> she's very good one at it. Well, it's a, it's a tough name. It's a tough one. To, to be fair. But, uh, you know, this is uh, 
her moment, and uh, she took advantage of the opportunity to go on Saturday Night Live, and I think that actually worked against her. I think so. With her base, because the very she rails against uh, the coasts. And she talks about how she likes to go to the really American parts of America. Right. And, well, New York City is basically Sodom and Gomorrah rolled up into one flavorful, spicy package. But the shopping spree at Neiman Marcus. And there, there you go. It's Sax in the city. Avenue, uh, apparently and so no trouble with. I have a feeling that uh, her base is not impressed. And certainly the people who watch Tina Fey's caricature are not going to be won over by a sort of a... I mean, Richard Nixon appeared on Laughing. Yeah. And a big surprise move for... Uh, sock it to me. With his sock it to me and, you know... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't remember which... Uh, whether that was 68 or I think 72. I think Laughing was was off by then, so that would have been 68. But uh, I don't think that she certainly won any uh, votes from appearing on Saturday Night Live and probably... Well, especially the Weekend some. Update spoof that they showed over and over, you know, with her... Doing the Carl Rove uh, ah. hip hop dancing in the chair thing while they talked about <laughs> pulling up your pants, Joe Plummer. Right. Oh, what a joke. Uh, I think that ultimately the problem with Palin is that her ambition exceeds her ability. Uh, she is talented, though. She has Ronald Reagan and W as uh, paradigms in which she. Plays the folksy part quite well. But the problem for her is she's an airhead. Kind of like Sean Hannity, who uh, I'll give a brain damage award to him. I don't watch much Fox. But Monday night I always watch the first five minutes of Hannity and Combs. (laughs) Um, Just to get a flavor for what their agenda is all about. And last week, Hannity was railing, of course, about socialism, spreading the wealth, all these new talking points that the Republican Party have suddenly decided are an important uh, issue that they can somehow attack Obama on. And he said, Obama's in big trouble. The stock market went up 400 points today. (laughs) And I thought, dude... What are you smoking? The stock market has been coming steadily down. Okay, yes, there's some gyrations here and there where it goes up. But since Hannity mentioned those prophetic words uh, just last Monday, the stock market has continued to go down significantly. And just uh, to get a flavor for how much the market has come down, I, I checked out the market gauges from the 5th of August of this past year, uh, comparing it to uh, where things are at today. The Dow Jones Industrial Average since then has gone down 3,000, more than 3,000 points. NASDAQ has gone down almost, actually, in excess of 700 points. I mean, these are declines of 33%. These are effectively, this is effectively a slow motion crash. And when you see that literally $9 trillion of paper wealth has been wiped off the books out of people's 401ks and whatnot, we have a very clear empirical explanation for why Obama has uh, catapulted into a rather steady lead at this point. 
Uh, I think it's quite clear that Obama is going to win this campaign. Uh, I don't think even George Bush can start a nuclear war with uh, Iran uh, in the next week. But I guess you never know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, not, I'm going to re- remain uh, from uh, hold off on saying anything about that. Um, although the White House has remained strangely silent on reports from Pakistan that a uh, Air Force drone has killed 42 people in Pakistan. This bizarrely, too, uh, coming on a weekend where there was also a report of a U.S. military attack on a village in Syria. Mm-hmm. So the potential for the Bush gaggle of goofballs to continue to destabilize, to expand the conflict in ways that we've always talked about the number of possible hazards that uh, present just that opportunity. Who knows? I wouldn't put it at all past them. Yeah, and today's New York Times, uh, by the way, has an interesting uh, chronology of recent attacks in Pakistan. Most of these, ironically, operated by quote, CIA-operated, remotely piloted aircraft, i.e. drones. Uh, And it shows where these strikes have occurred, uh, both since August 1st and before August 1st, and they're uh, significant. And, yeah, you you begin wondering, this is sort of quiet, you know, there, there have been dozens of these friendly fire incidents, even in Afghanistan, in Pakistan. Uh, we... we Thursday, the 23rd, Associated Press, religious school hit by missile in Pakistan. U.S. military suspected in a strike that killed nine. And, you know, they'll probably say that's an accident, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if it were an intentional target. A number of those uh, Pakistani madrasas, as mm-hmm. they're called, in that region are linked with extreme fundamentalism. Sure. And so while it looks really bad to say, yes, we're targeting schools, in fact, that one may have been uh, intentionally targeted. It's impossible to say, of course, but it remains a possibility. And by the way, I just finished an outstanding book on Pakistan called The Duel, uh, Pakistan on uh, the Flight Path of American Power by Tariq Ali. I highly recommend this book. Oh, he's good. He's outstanding. Uh, This goes into the palpable disconnect uh, between American foreign policy uh, in the region and the reality of what's actually going on in Pakistan uh, in terms of... uh, you know, the incredible poverty uh, that the people of Pakistan live in. Uh, it strikes me that when you are talking about a country um, of 160 to 170 million people, Pakistan, mm. there really is sort of an endless supply of uh, jihadists that uh, make the long-term viability of the entire uh, war in Afghanistan, uh, quite dubious in my opinion. And uh, while Obama and Biden have to talk tough to get elected, I think it would behoove them uh, to uh, abandon um, the Afghan war at some point. because It's it not is going just, to be possible to win that militarily. Yeah, You're going to have to... We'll be there forever. Yeah. And it'll just be a, uh, a tit-for-tat uh, sort of situation indefinitely. And it certainly cannot be helpful, as Tariq Ali notes, that uh, 70% of Pakistanis oppose uh, the American <coughs> presence in the region. And when you continue to have almost daily 
uh, not daily, but certainly weekly, biweekly incidents of, quote, friendly fire and or deliberate attacks Mm -hmm. with botched intelligence. Let's remember here that the United States um, has incredibly unreliable intelligence in this area. And uh, it's pretty frightening when um, CIA-operated drones by remote control are doing the bombing. That uh, is spooky. Well, especially when you factor in uh, the fact that, as reported in October 21st in the Financial Times, that an article here by Farhan Bakari, uh, writing from Islamabad, uh, Pakistan is in informal discussions with the International Monetary Fund and other bodies over a 10 to $15 billion international support package designed to stabilize its economy and avoid a balance of payments crisis. International anxiety that Pakistan, regarded as a vital country in the war on terror, is at risk of being destabilized by the global financial crisis. Uh, officials believe any rescue package should provide additional funds to build Pakistan's reserves, which are enough to pay for less than six weeks of imports. You talk about families and households who are living paycheck to paycheck. Pakistan is virtually a country that's living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And it's a nuclear armed country. It's a nuclear armed country. And to give you a perspective... um of the poverty in Pakistan, as Tariq Ali notes, and I'll just quote one little brief item from some of the notes I took from this book. He wrote in uh, 2001, when the uh, United States' interest in the country resumed, i.e. the interest in Pakistan, debt and defense amounted to two-thirds of public spending, about uh, $4.2 billion. <laughs> I mean, the state of Michigan has a, a budget created way in excess of that figure. Um, respectively, um, let's see here. Oh, uh, respectively, compared to a total tax revenue of six point nine billion, that's the total budget of Pakistan, about seven billion dollars. This, of course, was several years ago. And Ali notes in a country with one of the worst public education systems in Asia, seventy percent of the women and forty-one percent of the men are officially classified as illiterate. Now, that is startling, but what is the American economic development plan for Pakistan? Right. It's non-existent. And, of course, Ali goes on to note that one of the reasons that the madrasas uh, in Pakistan have success, quote-unquote, is that they are able to house, feed, and, uh, yes, Sarah Palin, clothe, um students and give them a an education as the same reason Hezbollah has done well in southern Lebanon exactly those reasons they've become community social networks yeah and it's this overall um, shall we say paltry perspective about you know global economic development in third world countries that's been so damaging to the United States we're interested in these countries only if they serve our military objectives uh, in various regions. Or and, if they represent markets for our goods. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the corruption and, the, and you know, some of the political problems with Pakistan, because Ali, of course, in this book goes into the historical analysis of uh, how many military dictatorships have, have existed in Pakistan and how American foreign policy in the entire region really has been backward looking, uh, really, since the 1950s. 
and that uh, many of the tilts to Pakistan, quote-unquote, have occurred under Republican governments, specifically Reagan and Nixon. Nixon had his famous tilt to Pakistan, one of uh, Henry Kissinger's brilliant foreign policy, (laughs) um, you know, big-picture items. Well, speaking of Nixon and Kissinger, new studies are always being released looking at the documents of things previously classified. There's all sorts of new uh, evidence uh, coming from uh, Nixon and Ford administration documents showing uh, how the Nixon administration created conditions that helped destabilize Iran and actually led to the country's Islamic revolution in their uh, desperate uh, efforts to prop up the Shah no matter what the cost. Clever, clever Tricky Dick and his self-styled Metternich. But before we leave this region, there's a bizarre story involving a security firm, DHL, one of those uh, basically mercenary outfits, uh, bodyguard security uh, outfit in uh, Afghanistan uh, where there was a shooting at the office and it's been tied to potential drugs trafficking. If true, this would be uh, disturbing indeed. Uh, investigators examining the mysterious killing of two foreign DHL executives by one of their own guards in Kabul on Saturday are considering a possible link to heroin smugglers. Jason Bresler, the South African country director of DHL, and his UK deputy David Giles were killed after their car arrived outside their office in central Kabul. Social, uh, security officials say it is possible that the killings were linked to traffickers angry, angry at Bresler's efforts to prevent DHL being used as a conduit for a portion of Afghanistan's heroin output. Uh, output. Mr. Bresler had personally overseen the disposal of nearly three kilograms of heroin that had been sewn into a quilt and put in a parcel. You can't stop this narcotics trafficking. You're going to have to give the farmers either something else to grow or you're just going to have to buy the cash from them and destroy it. Mm -hmm. Because there's no way that you can militarily subdue the country of Afghanistan or anybody who wants to hide there or put an end to this entrepreneurial spirit that fuels the drug industry. Yeah, and it's it's well known that the poppy uh, production has escalated under Karzai, and in fact there have been uh, top-level reports that his own brother is closely connected to uh, some of the, uh, I guess cartel may, may not be the precise uh, correct term, but I guess you can call it a cartel. Of sorts, and uh, yeah, I mean these this sort of daily trickling of violence. That's just it, it's just heartbreaking in in a way. I mean, just from last, I think I clipped three items from the Associated Press from Thursday, the twenty third of of uh, October. You know, suicide bomber targets Iraqi official. Basically, killing 13 in Baghdad, wounding more than 20. Uh, Wednesday, a bloody day in Afghanistan. Coalition members, Taliban fighters, and Afghan soldiers die. Goes into the details of uh, what happened in Afghanistan that day with a notation that the uh, number of insurgents' attacks... uh, 
has risen 30% this year compared to 2007. And, of course, this item about the religious school being hit by a missile in Pakistan, U.S. military suspected in a strike that killed nine. This, by the way, following just days, if not weeks, earlier in which the United States, uh, in another incident of uh, civilian casualties, denied killing something like 30 people, yeah. claimed they only killed five or five to seven. And, of course, the American military proved to be incorrect uh, yet again. Spreading the wealth, um, that's been the the word of the, you know, the phrase of the week that John McCain and uh, his surrogates have been using uh, in the media about uh, Barack Obama. And they're, of course, uh, trying to comb the archives for any utterance anywhere possible where Obama may have used this phrase. Um, well, I heard a clip where some, I guess, local TV broadcaster in Florida had read Joe Biden a quote from Das Kapital. Ah, okay. And said, do you recognize that quote? It's from Karl Marx. His response was, you know, funny. Um, but uh, it's bizarre to see this word. I mean, it's a sign of desperation, too. Well, the thing uh, that's hilarious about it is is most polls show that half of Americans are all in favor of right? spreading the wealth. There are indeed unquote. many positive attributes of socialism, as the corporate infrastructure here in America well knows. Yeah. Let's face it, we've had corporate socialism for the military-industrial uh, complex for decades now. All the research and development sure. is funded through socialism. With several trillion dollars unaccounted for uh, in the uh, so-called auditing procedures so, that hey. they don't comply with. <laughs> Why not and spread some of the wealth around? My goodness, we're, we're taking over the banks. Uh, the federal government right. is spreading all sorts of wealth to the banks. So who's spreading the wealth? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, it's Roads, curious. Roads, bridges, health care, these are things that you know, respectable civilized countries work towards. And the European model, though criticized by uh, the Republican Party here, <clears throat> has a lot to offer. Spreading the BS and the baloney. <laughs> That's uh, well a more accurate uh, description. And by the way, this uh, is the same date. Foreclosure rate up 71% from last year. That's wow. the housing uh, number. $766,000 or 766,000 homes received at least one foreclosure-related notice from July through September, up 71% from a year earlier, according to the foreclosure listing service Reality Track Incorporated. Well, Reality Check, I don't know if you heard about this one. Um the fundraising letter that was sent from John McCain's campaign headquarters to the Russian U.N. embassy. Uh-oh. This is rich. Uh, diplomats at Russia's U.N. embassy could have put it through the shredder. By the way, this is not from The Onion. This is from the Financial Times. <clears throat> but when they received a begging letter from John McCain this week, they could not pass up an opportunity to have a joke at his expense. Quote, we have received a letter from Senator John McCain requesting financial contribution to his presidential campaign, said a terse statement from the mission, before adding that such a donation would infringe Russian policy. 
a mission spokesman generously acknowledged that the missive addressed to Ambassador Vitaly Churkin was no doubt the result of a computer-generated error. An embarrassed McCain campaign admitted it had probably blundered. The Russian mission helpfully supplied a copy of the letter written on behalf of the Republican National Committee and other pro-McCain groups asking Mr. Churkin to tick the box for anything from thirty-five dollars to $5,000. The donation would be used to combat, quote, the Democrats' relentless and battle-tested money-churning engine aimed at one target, capturing total control of our government. And the... Uh, person who compiled this uh, piece of information concluded with the Kremlin would no doubt sympathize with that. <laughs> Indeed. Open the hatch door, pal. <laughs> I have a donation box. Open the hatch door, Hal. Send money now. <laughs> oh, boy. John McCain campaigning without... His helmet. <laughs> uh, and, you know, uh, really, the exhaustion level is becoming so obvious now. <laughs> that image of him without the helmet's a good one there. Uh, but uh, the exhaustion level, the relentless nature of the campaign, I know we've talked about this before, but, it, you know, here we are. One week from today will be the eve of the election, the Long-awaited, much-anticipated, how many bazillion gallons of ink have been spilled already? Yeah. Way too long campaign process. I get the feeling that John McCain is campaigning himself into the grave. And yeah. that even should he win, the man has so exhausted and run down himself that, boy, if, if I were his family physician... I'd be deeply troubled. Well, he's been making incredible uh, mistakes. You know, there was a lot of focus on Joe Biden's so-called gaffe, you know, talking about the crisis that would inevitably uh, confront uh, right. the newly elected president, uh, using historical analogies, of course, to John Kennedy and George Bush. The second, um, they were tested, but of course... What's most troubling uh, as we come down the, the stretch here are these continued reports of caging, purges, bizarre foul-ups with uh, voting machines and whatnot. And it occurred to me, and this is fascinating, uh, from a uh, uh, New York Review of Book article by Andrew Hacker uh, recently. Uh, let's see if I can get the date on this. Uh, in, in which... The title is Obama, The Price of Being Black. And I just wanted to read this little paragraph about Indiana. Because earlier this summer, in a 6-3 to decision, actually, I guess this was decided in April, um, the Supreme Court upheld the 2005 Indiana law requiring voters in the state to produce a government document with a photograph at the polls. During oral argument, several justices pressed the plaintiff for an answer. For reasons I cannot fathom, he kept using the number 43,000 for a state whose voting age population is 4.6 million. In fact, the Federal Highway Administration, in an easily obtained report, says that 673,926 adult residents of Indiana have no license which works out to a not-trivial 14.7% of the state's potential electorate. Wow. Um, this is where 
the campaign, um, you know, can be stolen, uh, literally. It's not the uh, mischief of ACORN, uh, and there appears to be no mischief whatsoever, really, uh, because fraudulent voter registration applications are quite different from actual voter fraud. It's the suppression of the votes. Needless to say, Breyer Ginsburg...